Okay, welcome, Carrie. Thanks for so having glad, me. Yeah, so glad that you're here. The ESPN Studios. I know, it's exciting. Yes, this is fun. <laughs> this is cool for, for all of us. Um, so this is your profession, the interviewing. Okay, making me a little nervous here. So <laughs> before you're great we, be, already. Before we get started, yeah. uh, what's one tip you'd give someone with, with your experience in interviewing and, and just and talking with people? Uh, the only tip that I've ever received that really made sense and really registered was from a guy named Ian Eagle. He's arguably one of the best sports announcers uh-huh. in the business. He calls football, basketball, tennis. Um, and I always think of Ian because he told me when I first got the job at ESPN, I went from tennis channel to ESPN, and he said, just listen. He said, you'll have the best interviews if you listen. He was like, that's the only advice I can give you. I don't want you to feel like you should speak a certain way or you have to pronounce names correctly, which you should. <laughs> but he was like, just listen. And if you listen to whomever you're speaking with, you'll be able to get the better question out of that. Nice. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Locked it in. I don't Locked have to in. say anything. We're good. <laughs> We're Welcome to the Playing for Eternity podcast. Working together to put God first in our game. All right, so you got some amazing things going on right now. You got the ESPN Sports Center coast to coast. Uh, you got the new hit show with The Rock. Yeah, that's exciting. Titan, that's going to be yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, Titan uh, Games, I'm excited. You're working your own podcast. I do. Called Be Honest, yes, and that's with ESPNW, yeah, right. The women, that's that's yes. cool. Uh, and I know you have your nonprofit. I want to share about that real yeah. quick because yeah. that's that's a really cool thing you got yeah, going. Brown girls dream, yeah. Yes, yeah. I have um, a thousand jobs, as you just and when you said <laughs> it, I'm like, how am I doing all this? Um, so I decided. Probably two years ago, I wanted to, I mean, we give back all the time. We give back in very different ways. I give back at church. I give back with my tithing. I give back by offerings. I give back by helping people that I know. But I would consistently get the same question all the time from young women who wanted to be in sports. Mm. And how could they break through? And could I talk to them about it or give them some advice? Or what did I do? And I always would respond, but I didn't have, I felt, um, a blueprint to give them. I didn't have enough time to interact with them because I, one, you know, one email response is not enough. I, I remember being uh, a young woman who wanted to be in this field and wanting help, and I just couldn't find any help, any consistent help. Mm-hmm. Someone would sit and talk to me for a few minutes, but I wanted consistent, solid advice. But more, imp- and more importantly for me, I wanted to know about how to move in certain rooms depending on where you come from. So I grew up very, very humble beginnings, didn't have much, you know, I, I would share with you that I had a lot of jobs in college, paid mm-hmm. my way through school with the help of financial aid, um, and I was really, truly one of the first in my family to go to college. So there were all of these different um, obstacles, if you will, and uh, unknowns that I didn't have a privilege to, or I didn't have someone saying, this is how you should move in this room, or this is how you should work in this environment. And so I came up with Brown Girls Dream, and our goal is to tell these young ladies, you know, how they can help themselves in whatever situation they're in, but also put them in contact with other people who can help them. Because I figure a lot of what I do for a living is when people say, hey, I know someone, and that person gets the job. I see that happen all the time, but in certain communities, we don't do that. And and if you don't have um, a dad who works as a financial advisor in a certain business, he's not going to be able to, you know, recommend you to whomever. So Mm -hmm. it would be nice to have people in positions to recommend these young ladies who don't necessarily have connections in the world. I love it, because I think that they need that. They need to understand that 
we look to gather all the time rather than like, hey, look, I mean, like where you're at, this is a platform I have, I'm available to, yeah. you know, yeah. influence the youth. That's that's great. I love that. So that's with, great. yeah, with all you have going on, walk us through just what's a normal, or even the last 24 hours, I know you've been flying Oh my gosh, crazy. Was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so what's, no. a, well, okay, what's a normal day look like for So for uh, work day and then there's two days. There's work day and then my off day, right? Mm. Which is funny, but my work day is, um, I normally get up about 4.45 because we have a conference call, and mm. I, I do a show called Coast to Coast, so um, everyone is primarily back on the East Coast. So I, we have an 8 a.m. conference call, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the phone at 5, we're sharing story ideas, hang up the phone, I get your ass, I come to work, I get in the newsroom, which is here, mm-hmm. and I write for about an hour to hour and a half, depending on what goes on, and writing is inclusive of knowing what the story is. So, for instance, um, I go over highlights, so the Lakers lost last night to... In this, by the time this airs, Lakers <laughs> lost to the Houston Rockets the second time, and um, I just go over the highlights. I try to, I re, I look over them and look over them and continue to look over them to make sure I know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Pronouncing names correctly is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, for women in sports, there's little, little room for error. We have no margin for mistakes, and when we do make mistakes, it's like the worst. You know, you get all these mm-hmm. people on the internet. You're so awful. Mm. Get back in the kitchen. You get that all the time, and you're like, great, thanks. <laughs> so. Yeah. I really hold myself to a tough standard. Then after that, I shoot my podcast, depending on the day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a workout in. Um, I usually try to catch up with girlfriends. I really try to uh, have a, a, a good tribe around me and touch base with some of my friends who have a lot of different projects going on right now because I feel at this time in my life, I feel like God is really using me to be um, to take this platform and, and, and use it for good. So I have a lot of great friends doing a lot of great things right now. So I feel as if my networking is really important just right now because we're trying to build something really special. Yeah. And so I take a lot of time out to do that. That's cool. Very cool. Um, being intentional. You yeah. know, I think a lot of times, it was, especially with the attorney sports, the mission is to, hey, you need to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Bring in your face. So with that, with your busy schedule, your travel, What's one thing you do to try to stay grounded in, in, in your faith with, with all that you have going on around you? Oh, you know, it's it's funny because since I started going to Shepherd Church, I haven't joined, but since I started going to Shepherd Church, there's something very interesting about what I knew. Prior to going to that church, I felt like I had been a bit off. I had lived in Connecticut, and I wasn't consistently visiting any church. I didn't have a home church, and I would... Um, I'd come to church here and there, and then when I moved back, I was kind of trying to find a place, try to, and I've always, I've, I went to the, the West Side location a few times, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this is nice, but I never really felt committed if, as if I wanted to, and then one day, I had realized that I was so busy that I wasn't, just as you mentioned my schedule, I was so busy that I was, I was really stressed more than I even knew that I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I had high blood pressure, and my doctor was like, you're too young for this. What is going on with you? And I knew at that time my body was telling me to slow down or at least take some really, really um, appropriate steps to manage everything that you're doing. And I had to just, I had to course correct because I think for so many people when they're in the midst of trying to achieve whatever goal they think they should be achieving, they forget to take care of themselves or they forget about their surroundings or they don't stop and just breathe. So... I changed my lifestyle a lot. I um, I really was committed to to making something more consistent, and that was going to church. Um, and the, the the beautiful part about it was, especially at Shepherd, I met like my first or second time going there. People made an effort to stay in touch with me and mm. talk to me. Kayla specifically, yeah. it was so weird. I walk up to, I w- I wrote, um, I was trying to give my offering because mm-hmm. I came late, and I uh, always am late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that. Forgive me. Yeah. 
So I, I walk up to this young lady. I'm like, hey, do you know if I don't know where to put this? You know, and she's like, okay, yeah. She just takes it really sweet, very kind. Yeah. She's like, do you need anything else? I was like, no, I'm good. And we just start strike up a conversation. Yeah. I don't I don't know who she is. I'm just chatting with her because yeah. she's just friendly and seems kind. And next thing I know, we're like texting and exchanging numbers. And she's asking me if I could, you know, participate in different things. And I felt this belonging and a level of comfort that I hadn't felt in a long mm. time. And, um, and that's where the relationship started from there. So that started to, once I really was like, Carrie, go to church, um, start working out more, um, <laughs> breathe, yeah. start, learn to yeah. breathe, learn yeah. to sleep, and, uh-huh. and to really be specific and intentional about getting rest. Yeah. So that's, for me, helps me just stop and focus. And like yeah. I told you before, my networking and my good time with my friends, it makes me, it really yeah. slows me down. Yeah, builds you up those people around yeah. you. Yeah, because you need that, because we hear about what we do wrong all the time, yeah. and you need a good core group of people who feed your spirit yeah. but hold you accountable to well and you're you're passionate and you're driven to, to be successful and that can if you're not intentional with the other things yes your faith your health all that type of stuff you, you get lost waste. you get lost yes. really quick yes. that's cool to hear so after we met yeah uh you know i had seen you on espn before being, uh-huh. a, being a sports guy and stuff and i and you know after that i was like dang she's everywhere <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're everywhere so as that was a see, people like if you meet them, then it's uh-huh. almost like seeing like a blue car. You think you want to buy a blue car? You're uh-huh. like, I see blue cars everywhere. <laughs> but I, I really, you know, and and looking at your life and the, your your uh, you know your work and stuff, you really are. It really seems to be expanding and growing. The things that you're doing, uh, do you find yourself getting recognized more often? Oh my God, yeah, it's weird because I never think of. I think okay, growing up here in California mm-hmm. or in LA, even more specifically, when I think of stars, I think of Brad Pitt. Angelina Jolie, those those people are famous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we do, people who are sportscasters and and journalists, I don't cons- I don't consider that unless you're you know Oprah you yeah. know or something like yeah. that. So I, I I do more and more. It was weird. Um, I flew in last night, as you know, I was traveling. I flew in last night and TMZ rolled up on me to ask me about the game, and I'm like, mm. excuse me, I don't, what do you? <laughs> This lady, I was like, yeah. I don't know what you want me to say. So that's it's weird. It's uh, I think it's weird because I don't I don't I'm very like I'm aware of what I do, but I don't think mm-hmm. that it's okay. a, a famous thing. Yeah, yeah. So as your influence and platform is expanding, what's the coolest part of where you're at now? Like, what you wake up and like, or just something happens, you just like, this is cool now. Oh, that's so good. You know what? Honestly, now probably three years ago, it would be that I got to be my childhood hero, which was which was Magic Johnson, and okay. I had a rapport with him. They always say, don't meet your heroes because they'll disappoint uh-huh. you. And he was 100% perfect. I'm a diehard Laker fan. Okay. Like, diehard. And he was amazing and great. And 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 I had a relationship or have a relationship with them, as well as Jeannie and mm-hmm. Jeannie, who owns the Lakers. And to me, like, that's hecka cool because that really is the reason why I'm in sports. Like, as a kid, mm-hmm. I fell in love with the Lakers. And it was like a rite of passage in my family to be a Laker fan. Otherwise, you might be kicked out. You know, I might have been living with some other people yeah. at this moment yeah. if I didn't like the Lakers. Um, so... It, that was cool for me then, yeah. but yeah. now I think the coolest part of my job is that I can actually pick up the phone and if I want to, with my foundation, if mm-hmm. I want to get help for, for these young ladies, I can get mm-hmm. it. That's, That's awesome. the coolest part of my job. Yeah. Like, I, I don't believe what I do for a living is about... Um, being recognized or yes that's all great and and the success and the and and the financial security that's all wonderful but at the end of the day I just really um came to understand my purpose was to help other women like I just realized that it just came to me one day and the fact that I can do it in such a um an easy effortless Mm -hmm. way is really a blessing yeah your why yes exactly yeah exactly um okay so that's the question of the coolest part what's the hardest part of being kind of in the in the 
spotlight? Uh, deciding what part of myself to share personally. I'm very, very private. I don't talk about my personal life. And I and when I do, I, I have to feel safe. And so I think I do that to protect myself. But I'm coming out of that a little bit. Uh, learning to trust people. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to trust people. I have so yeah. many trust issues. So because you don't know what people's intentions are. If you're friendly, you're friendly. And if it comes back to haunt you, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be friendly. Yeah. I shouldn't be nice. <laughs> I shouldn't let that person in. I shouldn't do that person a favor, you know? Yeah. And I and I shouldn't think that way. But for me, I think I struggle with that the most. So my next question was, like, kind of how, what do you fight being in the, the spotlight? I know it can be difficult, you know, to talking with professional athletes and that. And yeah. so that, is that, that one, oh, of, those, yeah, the one yeah. of those things I, you fight with to, to own your faith? I mean, because in that world, it seems it's it's not a path that kind of is leading towards God or honoring sure, God. Sure, sure. Yeah, so how do you fight against that? I do think there are, I think lately people are more comfortable talking about the fact that if they're saved, they love Jesus. If they don't, um, there probably are those who just choose not to discuss it. I think for me, um, as a woman in this business, I'm consistently fighting the reputation of how I, I am so successful or why I am at this point mm-hmm. or working to do what I want. I think women find themselves constantly proving themselves. Um, and I did. I don't. Um, I don't hide behind anything. Like I, I am myself. I'm 100% authentic on air, and that makes people uncomfortable at times. Where whether it be me joking, the way I dress, how I talk, whatever it is, it's truly who I am. And at the same time, you know, I love the Lord, and I'll tell anybody I'm dedicated, mm-hmm. and they know that. And so I think you have to fight people's um, uh, assumptions of who you are. And I'm sensitive, so that bothers me at my core. If if it's um, a certain, you know, character yeah. issue. If they attack my character, I get really bothered by mm. that. And I shouldn't, but because that's what people do. It's yeah. the world we live in today. Yeah, yeah, especially being in, in that place of the yeah. of limelight and all that stuff. Okay, so as you know, like our Playing for Eternity challenge yeah. is really wanting to have people um, own their ministry where they're at. And so what I love to ask people is, when you were young... Even even older now, and, and as it pertains to your faith, sure. who was someone that impacted you? You know, along the way, that, that someone was outside of themselves. Like you know, you, you share about your nonprofit now, and how you know, I, I just feel like those girls one day be like, yeah. Carrie Champion <laughs> set me on a path oh. that brought me closer to the Lord. Mm. And so I, I just would love to hear about who that person is in your life. It was my great grandmother. She um, was around for my grandmother. We live forever. She passed away about three years ago. She was 100 years old. But her faith um, was so consistent. And as a kid, I remember that my her son, uh, my uncle, had a church. And he said, can you read uh, every Sunday the church bulletin? Can you just stand up in front of the congregation and read the church bulletin? And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm seven. Like, yeah. no, I don't even know. These words are too big. You know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> And I remember my grandmother encouraging me, saying, no, babe, just go ahead, just in her sweet voice, no, just go ahead, the Lord would love it. He would love it if you did it. Now, that's just a small example to me. But I remember she was saying the Lord, it would make the Lord happy. She was like, let's just do it. She was very encouraging. And every Sunday I would get up and read this church bulletin, and I could not pronounce the words, but she would stand right in the front so I could see her. She'd sit in the front row, actually, of the church so I could see her. And whenever she knew I didn't know a word, I would just look at her, and she would pronounce a word out loud for me. So it could be because, I'm making uh-huh. up something, because, and then I'd continue because she yeah. told me what it was, or it could be forthright, and I'd look at her, and she'd forthright, and then I'd read forthright and continue on. And it would happen all the time, and I was so uncomfortable 
but she just pushed through with me and she had such a wonderful spirit and for me it just explained what type of woman she was that she was faithful she was dedicated she cared about her family above all she cared about all 20 of her grandchildren mm. probably even more than that and the individual attention and time she gave to me she gave to everyone she remembers everything about us I re she would walk around and give us <laughs> for Christmas she would give us dimes like it was money right but they were yeah. like 10 dimes wrapped up in the bow and she'd like here's a dollar you know give everyone their yeah. dollars and then and to me it just showed a woman who loves the Lord and she wanted to take care of her family and she stayed consistently I mean she was always just full of love she stayed consistently invested in all of us and the older I got I realized that a part of what I've wanted to do which is why I'm even here today was because of that time I stood up in front of what would be an audience would be the equivalent of an audience yeah. and read these bulletins read a script read a sports script read highlights she showed me that I could do it. And no matter how difficult it gets, because it still it gets difficult now. I, I make mistakes on air. But there's always just in the back of my mind, my grandmother helping me through, pushing me through, calming me down, letting me know that it'll be all right and we'll get through this. And then at the end, of course, you know, I'd finally get through it. And she'd be like, that was great. You know, of course, mm -hmm. the encouragement yeah. that you would have. Yeah. But she was just really, truly um, an example for, for all of us. She, when I say all of us, she had five children. She was my great-grandmother. She had five children. My grandmother, who is still alive to this day, was her oldest daughter. Um, her influence is still heavily felt among all of her children, and then her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren and their children. She really, truly built um, a small little army of people who had to know the Lord. And I remember when we would have Thanksgiving dinners, and we would all meet at her house, because it was just tradition. We all had to be at her house. And she'd say, you know, my, my uncle, who was a pastor, her mm. son, uh, and she'd be talking about what's going on in the world today. And she would just make it so simple. She was like, I just don't understand why people don't do what God says do. That, that's all you, I mean, she, it's just that simple, yeah. right? If we, and it's not for us sometimes, we make our lives more complicated. But she was just a really special woman. And I remember her influence on my life in terms of giving me the courage to stand up and speak out in whatever capacity that I wanted to, even if I wasn't doing it that well, in my opinion, at the time. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Just someone I know family is, is like that and should be like that, although with not everyone has uh, that yeah, family. No, yeah. But someone lifting and looking out for yeah. someone else. Yeah. And Always. Think, what a great story. And now speaking in front of millions, of, millions of people. It was and, meant to be. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And, the, uh, and the European influence, all the names you got to learn. Yeah, that I know. Learn. Yeah. I'm all like, this is crazy. I have no <laughs> idea what these names are. But yeah, yeah. no, it's funny. It's a yeah. great, it's a great well, story. Well, I think uh, I think the reason the Greek freak has... The nickname, the Greek freak, because yeah. no one can pronounce his name. Yeah, well, it's Let's so hear it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, I knew you. I knew you but I will it. tell you this: that name took me about three years. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we were like, okay, who yeah. who has it now? Yeah. Um, or in highlights, we we skip over it. We call him yeah. just the Greek freak because you can't get Antetokounmpo all the way out without uh -huh. moving on to the next play. <laughs> or we're done. The play's yeah. over. You said no, his whole name, and the play's over. <laughs> and you've never heard it. Yeah, that's good. no. It's you know what? It's funny. We have a lot of those players too, and the nature of what we do is like if you cover soccer. Soccer, especially hockey. Yeah. Like if you don't know European names, you're in trouble. And I cover tennis, and so the tennis names are very comfortable to me. Mm. But when we get to hockey and soccer, it's a wrap. I'm well, hockey like, or, or uh, tennis, there's two people or four. It's like yeah, right. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, you're you not can. gonna ever really meet them in the, the grand exactly. slam. We're, yeah. we're all set. We got it. Yeah, we got yeah. Novak Djokovic. We're set. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, so how is how is sports or sports broadcasting uh -huh. played a role kind of in your faith? You hit on that a little bit, but just kind of how, how those, have those two connected, collided? You know, I think they often collide because I think a lot of times in, in the nature of what I do, uh, it is a win at all cost. 
winning is the only thing. The nature of what we report on is win, win, win. Mm. So much to the point that, and we've seen this with different stories, where we sacrifice our integrity to win. We as in society, or we as in a team, or we as in a player. Um, and, we, and we overlook um, some of the basic, essential moral tendencies that everyone should have. I, I remember the Ray Rice case. Um, there were the, vid- the video of Ray Rice, who mm-hmm. was uh, a former Ravens running back, where he uh, hit his wife, and it was on camera, and the NFL, and you know, initially gave him a, a, a suspension, and then they, they reversed course, and then they were like, okay, you, you're, you can't play. Um, we see a lot of that happen today. I think that it was unfortunate that w- there's a question around what's right and what's wrong morally uh, if you are talented. You're for, you, know, you win, we forgive all sins. And for me, I struggle with that because there are certain players that I've forgiven because they're really talented. And I'm all like, is this fair? Am I? Mm-hmm. Now, everybody needs to be forgiven. Everyone deserves a second chance. But what I'm talking about is how we ignore it or we don't talk about it. Um, and I felt for me, I couldn't do that. I had to at least address it because that's the nature of what I do and mm-hmm. you know, and it wouldn't be right. I had that happen when I interviewed Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. I think a lot of people ignored his history of domestic violence for years because he was so talented. But again, winning at all costs, like I, I just I feel like no one morally cares about what else you do outside the ring. And, mm-hmm. and to me, you do need to be held accountable. That doesn't mean you don't get an, another opportunity, but yeah. you do need to be held accountable yeah. because does that mean, you know, because do we do the same for doctors? Do we do the same for attorneys? No, right? Your average Joe couldn't behave a certain way and we just not talk, talk about it or hold that person accountable. I think that's one of those things with sports culture, yeah. right? It has taken over and I, I think it's hard to let God shine in that area because of, because of, because of that example. I yeah. Agree. So man, keep, keep shining. Yeah. And, it's and hard, but yeah, that's, I yes. mean, that's when the two really truly mm-hmm. intersect. And I'm not saying I'm morally better than anybody, but I do want someone to know that you are above the law, if you will. Yeah. There are people who are watching you and you are an example. Like you are an example. Yeah. Like yeah. people love Floyd. They love him for the type of fighter he is because he, in the self-made man he's become. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that you, that doesn't mean that you can just be any way and behave yeah. any way. Like yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to have to answer. Exactly. Yeah. And I know I think we focus on the championship and we should be focusing on eternity. I know. <laughs> we get caught in this. I, I do too. What, what only I do see. too. Well, yep. And it's, I, yeah. it's part of, yeah. Don't and that's why staying grounded and again, having people around you and having, having someone that loves the Lord to own that. And yeah. again, like, like the word mentioned earlier, I think yeah. it's so important is intentionality. Pastor Deli sends me a message. She goes, and at the very end, stay above the fray. And I'm all like, gosh, that is so. <laughs> thank you as I get ready to not stay above the fray. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, I'm walking just, into this world. Just text me that every yeah, day. Yeah, every day, every five seconds before I go on air. <laughs> okay, so I want to do something fun here, some rapid fire okay. questions. Get to know the true champion. Okay. Okay. And how awesome is your last name? Oh, I like how perfect is that? You know, what's so funny, I started off in local news. I wasn't even going to be in sports. And I started off in local news, and I knew sports was always a passion. And when I started off in local news, I remember people thinking, that's not a real last name. I'm like, yeah. it is. I, w- I couldn't make it up. And then when I got to sports, it was, yeah. it was only perfect. It's too good. It was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah right. But they were like, Carrie, that's yeah. not your name. I'm like, yeah. it is. <laughs> like the Ball Brothers, right? Like, how oh, perfect is I that? know. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But I just yeah. believed it was their last name. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Here we go. So I got mm-hmm. ten questions. All sure. right. L.A. or Connecticut? L.A. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather interview someone or be interviewed? Rather interview. Okay. All day. All right. Yeah. So putting you on the hot seat here. Yes. All right. 
Now, I know the answer to this question, but Lakers or Clippers? Oh, Lakers. All right, good. I just want everybody yeah. to know. I What's bleed it? purple and gold. <laughs> I love it. You cut me purple and gold. I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, first take or Sports Center? Whoa, that's tough. You know why? Because First Take was such an amazing platform in terms of getting me to my next level. And there were times where you could have these really deep, intimate conversations about race, about life. Um, and, and sports centers an entirely different skill set. So if I could merge the two, <laughs> I would. That was so good at avoiding that question. I, I, just, I, wouldn't I know because you I, got I, people I just, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're going to let you slide. We're going to let you slide. Okay, we're not going to let you slide on this one, okay. though. Okay. okay, so who you got in one-on-one? Now that LeBron's a Laker. Oh. LeBron or Kobe? Oh, I'm their sorry. prime. Got Kobe, all day. Okay. All I know. day. All right. All day. <laughs> all day. And again, that's another thing. It's like, I forgive Kobe for everything. I'm like, Kobe, you're perfect. Yeah. All day. <laughs> Work with me, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> okay, stay above the fray. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, favorite sport to play? If I had a choice. Because favorite to play or what I can play? Because those are two different things. Which one can I play? Yeah. Well? <laughs> what tennis. do you enjoy doing? Tennis. Okay. Tennis. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite celebrity to interview? Uh, Not an athlete. Oh, celebrity. Um, to interview or that I have interviewed before? Yes. Oh, you know who I like to interview? This is really weird. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> Very weird. Because I just interviewed him. But John Cena. You know why? Because this is so weird that I'm even saying this. I love to interview people who make me think. Mm. And his he's a really intelligent person. And you probably don't even... And the people... And I'm not just saying just because he's a wrestler. But people probably don't even know that. Yeah. But he makes you think. He goes to so many different levels. He's, I mean, his questions or his responses are layered. And I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way. He just gives a very new perspective. So I feel like I walk away with a little more brain power after I talk to him. Nice. That's okay. odd, yeah. All right, favorite athlete to interview? Ooh. Now that depends. I These are tough. Sheesh. Ay, 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 ay. Billie Jean King. Mm. She's still an athlete to me. She's my yeah. favorite athlete. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, what's your favorite sport to cover? Basketball. Basketball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more of that purple and gold. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just, it's, I can't. Okay, it. last yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, your favorite interview you've ever done? My favorite interview that I've ever done. Uh, I interviewed Andre Agassi uh, when I worked for the Tennis Channel, and his book Open came out. And it's when he was arguably the most open he had ever been about his career. Mm -hmm. And he took the veil off of the issues in tennis and who people thought he was. And it was by far the best interview because I went in nervous and I was told to only ask these questions. And then he said, can you put the paper away? Mm. He's like, ask me what you really want to ask me. And this was my first time working for this company, and I did. And it was the best interview I've ever done in my life. Very cool. I yeah. had I had Agassi posters in my room as a kid. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was great. He <laughs> yeah. was really oh, he had great. All that, he had swagger before swagger. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, he, that's funny. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. Those are good. Uh, a couple more questions. So with all the people you meet, the ones you work with, and the professionals you cover, we kind of hit on this, but... Is there something you do that's intentional where you, you try to own your faith and, faith and kind of have that, that ministry platform? Because you do. I know we talk about your nonprofit, but yeah. is there something like, hey, this is something that I do, that a trick that I learned that really helps me? Uh, when I interview them? Well, interview or just having, you know, interactions. Like, you, you know, you're meeting people all the time. I know sometimes it's a work setting, sure. but hey, you have this, you have this platform. What, when, you, when you go in the office or you're going in to, to meet somebody, what's, sure. the, what's the 
the mindset? The mindset for me is to always be myself. Um, I try to, in whatever way I can, in whatever way I'm, I'm comfortable, um, show a little vulnerability in whatever way I can do that, with depending on who I'm meeting with, because I want them to know that, you know, I'm aware that a lot of times when you interview these athletes, they're really sensitive. They're, and the reason why they're so sensitive is because they're always being attacked and people mm-hmm. always are saying they're this, that, and the other. And I also know it sometimes appears as ego. So I try to go in knowing that if I can disarm them and, 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 and be myself and be my authentic self, you know, who the Lord made me be, the person that I am, that that usually helps me when I'm interviewing them. I just, I would like to leave a lasting impression. I would like them to walk away feeling like, I trust her. I trust what she will do with this story. I trust what information I give her. I trust Mm -hmm. that um, she's able to connect because connection is so important in this day and age where we're just so stuck in our phones. And I feel like this is how you feel when you walk into church and you feel that spiritual connection. I try to have some type of connection with you in order for you to know that I feel you, I see you, I understand you. That's good. It's not just a transaction. Right, exactly. I think that's, yeah. Exactly. That's where we we end up, yeah. Okay, so as we wrap up, something new we're doing this season Mm -hmm. uh, with the show. I shouldn't say new because it's our our first season. (laughs) Well, I like it. uh, So (laughs) we want to ask all of our guests, Mm -hmm. so put you on the spot a little bit. We want you to turn us on to someone else in the sports world that loves God uh-huh. and that is, oh, nice. is owning that and that you would turn us on to him and we would, him or her, mm-hmm. and we would, uh, we would try to set up with them. And partly mm-hmm. while you think about that, we want to see how influ- like your ministry, mm-hmm. your influence, mm-hmm. connecting with people, really how far that can spread. We mm-hmm. think, oh, I'm not having an impact today. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I always use basketball as an example as mm-hmm. a basketball guy, but I walk into a gym, it's like, yeah, did I just get shots up and leave, mm-hmm. or did I impact somebody today? Yeah, you know, and I think that's a, yeah. it's going to be a great way. We're just going to see kind of how this path leads. Mm-hmm. So, who would who would you want to uh, who who's on the show next? Uh, you had I have three that popped in my head, two of which I have direct access to, so that'd be easier for you. Okay. Tory Smith, um, he's a wideout uh, for the Eagles. Great heart, great guy, um, and I like him a lot. Okay. And he is always leading, always leading uh, with Christ. He's always talking about his life, his his role as a husband, as a father. Um, and he's always offering advice on how to be a better man. And I think he's such a stand-up man for God. Like, every time I meet certain athletes, I can just tell you who's, who's a stand-up guy. He's yeah. a stand-up guy. And he's real about his ministry. Um, I also think that Justin Forsett, he doesn't play in the league anymore, but he was a running back for the Ravens last mm-hmm. week. He had a podcast, much like yours, okay. that was dedicated to um, his faith, and it was on Uninterrupted. They're still working on it on that platform, but he, he's great. I mean, okay. I like him a lot. He's a good, good kid. And I say kid, he's grown. But yeah. And um, I think that I, just, I, I might have to strike it. I think my guy Tori is with the Panthers now. You know how they jump around. Okay. He's with the Panthers yeah. now. But those two guys, I like, and I like them for two reasons. One, especially for Tori and for Justin. They're married. They have children. Mm. They've lived in this world. They did everything the right way, meaning, like, they probably were told, don't get married so young. Live your life. Don't hang out. Do this. They did just exactly what they wanted to do, and they lead by example. They are on the forefront of, I love my family. I love my faith. I love what I do. And and it's every single day. And I know, for instance, Tori's probably a true leader in his locker room as well. So I, that's why I think of those two. And then I think of Steph. I think of mm-hmm. Steph Curry, obviously. Uh, I think he and his wife, Aisha, are a perfect example of a couple 
trying to live right for the Lord, but not necessarily always doing it the right way, but showing another side. Meaning like some people who aren't familiar with, with or don't have a personal relationship with Christ feel like you have to act or behave a certain way yes. around other people who are Christians. And you can't say this and you can't do that. Like we are uh, uh, imperfect people and we will never be perfect. Um, and that's why we have his grace. Thank you, Jesus, and his mercy. So I feel like those two people, that couple, uh, have, are such an example yeah. of that. Uh, I'll see her, you know, on social media, you know, one minute she's praying, the next minute she's out having a glass of wine with the girls. And I was like, well, live your life. You know, there's nothing perfect about who you, uh, she's truly being who she is. Mm-hmm. And while it's not all, it's not all roses and it's not all, it's not all the right things she's trying to. She's really, yeah. truly trying to make a change. And so I like that. Um, those two together, uh, I like them as a couple. So oh, I like the idea. And I, now getting them is a whole other story. I'm pretty sure that I could, but I think Tori and I and Justin are easy, okay. easy gets. All right, Tori and Justin, we're coming for you. <laughs> uh, step, you step your next. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It'll be good. Okay. Yeah, I'll try to set up for you. Okay, that'll be great. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Obviously, Thank you'd have to be on the phone, but yeah, yeah, unless yeah. you guys are going out to North Carolina. Maybe. You never know. You, know, yeah, you guys bu- are driving. The, bu- the budget's huge. The bu- you guys are <laughs> flying out to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Okay, of course. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Eternity Sports or to join the challenge of putting God first in your game, visit us at eternitysports.com.